thankful for the opportunity to stand before you this morning. I'm thankful that in the midst of all of the stuff, we can stand with confidence and know that all is well. feel like I need to tell somebody that this morning that it is well. Not based on what you see, not based on what you feel emotionally, not by what your mind is telling you this morning, but somebody needs to hear this morning before we go any further that man doesn't say it, but God is saying it is well. Because of that, you can push, push through the pain, you can push through the uncertainty, you can push through the not knowing and say, I will trust in him, for he is faithful this morning. Amen. Amen. Those of you that's going to class, if you want to do that, you can do that at this time. Those in the sanctuary this morning... I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles to First I mean First Peter chapter one, and then go ahead and mark First John. We're going to be there in just a moment. First Peter chapter number one, and then also mark in your Bibles First John. We're going to run through chapter one, two, and three very quickly this morning. I am going to share my heart with you going to, more importantly, I believe, share the heart of the Lord with you today. Those that are joining us on social media today, we want to say welcome to you as well. Uh, we are thankful uh, to be able to have the privilege to come into your home and to minister to you and with you today. We are in a very unique setting in our nation. We are in a very unique place, the nations of the world. But I'm not necessarily going to deal with the nations of the world or the nation today, but I am going to deal with what is found in every nation of the world, and that is the church this morning. You may not shout me down today, and that's okay. I'm I'm a big boy. I can handle it. Okay? So don't feel obligated. Uh, but I'm going to take us back because I believe that we're in a place right now where there is a call, but not just any call. If the Lord will help me for a few moments today, I want to talk to you about the clarion call of 2020. The clarion call of 2020. The clarion call is simply this. It is a clear or sheer sound. It's a specific sound. It's often a clarion call of a battle trumpet. Meaning this, that when it is blowed, there is no question about what has been signaled or said. If you was to go back into your Bible, you would find that the Lord told the man of God, make two silver trumpets. Gave him very specific instructions on how to do that and what their purpose was. If he was to sound it in this manner, it was that this part of the children of Israel would come. Or sounded in this manner, this group would come. Or if it was saying a different sound, then everybody would come. But also there was alarms that would go off. And those alarms were specific a call to battle. We know this morning that we are in a war. We know that we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places, principalities and powers of evil and darkness all around us. Therefore, I want you to understand that when God speaks to his church, he doesn't speak in a manner where they don't have the ability to hear, but he speaks to them in a very clear manner. But the reason that sometimes we struggle with what he's saying is because we have too much flesh. 
So therefore, this morning, I'm going to talk to us about the clarion call of 2020, and you may ask the question, why me and why now? It's because of the simple fact we today are the men and women that make up the church of Jesus Christ in this season. So in 1 Peter chapter number 1, beginning in verse number 13, a very familiar passage for most of us in this room, I want to begin here. It says, Wherefore, gird up the lawns of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. We talked about and preached or sung about a holy God this morning. Let me just say he is still as holy today as he's always been. Now turn in your Bibles with me to 1 John chapter number 1. I'm going to read several verses to lay a foundation this morning. 1 John chapter number 1, we know that this is the first epistle that John has written and we know that according to theologians and others that we believe that it was written in a manner so it would circulate through what we now call modern day Turkey. And it was dealing with lawlessness as well as it was dealing with those that really had self-righteous spirits about themselves even within the church and when we begin to walk through this epistle we find and I'm just going to jump through very quickly and just follow with me please verse number five of chapter one it says this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all Tell your neighbor this morning, there's no darkness in Jesus. Verse number one of chapter number two. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the appropriation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Verse number 13. I write unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children because you have known the father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Verse 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Verse number 20. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Verse 24, let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that you have been promised even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. 
But as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. Verse 29, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Chapter 3, behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall there. Why me? Why now? If anybody's ever asked that question, I've been asking myself that question a lot lately. But there is to be a clear distinction between God's children and the children of the world. I did not come with legalism. I did not come with tradition today. But I come with the word of the Lord. I believe it's time to bring clarity back to what it means to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. The casual approach to Christianity that has become so common in our society today must be dealt with for it has and is currently destroying a generation. There is a generation that has been led to believe today while we sit in the house of God with them that God accepts everything. The truth is this morning, he has never nor will he ever accept sin. The question must be asked, why would he send his son to die at Calvary if he was willing to accept it? It is clear in Scripture this morning that while Christ died for the sinner, he refuses to accept the sins of man. Which brings us to where I believe that the church must once again begin to teach, preach, as well as live lives of example to this generation. We are called to a place of separation and purification as children of God. Please hear me this morning. 1 John chapter 3, verse 3 was very clear. Simply says, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. We are serving a holy God. He is pure. Please hear me. We are in a place where the church in America as well as around the world, we must become men and women that once again are willing to separate ourselves for the cause of Christ. To separate simply means to set apart, to cease to be together. That's why we are instructed to come out from among the world. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse 17 and 18, Paul is writing not to the world, but he's writing to the church at Corinth, and he simply says, Wherefore come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Didn't stop there, though. He says, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Why is that important? It's because a father is one that protects, he leads, and he guides. Meaning this, I will not let anything come nigh you if you trust me. Why is it that we see men and women in the church with such scattered lives? It's because the simple fact is uh, we have not taught them that you got to be a man and a woman that is purifying yourself. Now, you and I do not have the ability to do that in ourselves. If you want to walk in purity and power, you're going to have to be somebody that is a student of the Word of God. Please hear me. You're only going to get so much from this preacher. 
You're only going to get so much from the singer. you got to get to a place where you begin to dig into the things of God and say, God, I want more of you and I want all of you. Uh, listen, my friend, uh, everything that the church has told us isn't merely tradition or legalism. Uh, there is some things that the church has been founded on that we got to go back to because hear me, uh, there's a generation that's dying around us. Don't you dare criticize those that came before us uh, because they don't look like you, act like you, talk like you. Listen, uh, when you begin to walk with the power that they did, then you can begin to criticize. Uh, but when was the last time somebody put a baby in your lap and said, the doctor says there's no hope uh, and you laid hands on them and they was healed? Uh, you hear me this morning. Don't you buy into the lies of the skillful things that men have said. Uh, we still need the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we still need the manifestation station of his glory. Uh, we still need somebody to be separate in this hour. I don't know why you're shouting me down this morning. I'm talking to you. Don't be so excited. Listen, I had to talk to myself in the mirror as well. Listen, uh, we got to get back to where we need to be in the presence of God. You cannot be there if you're chasing after everything the world offers. Hear me. God help us. We are to be set apart for the sole purpose of Christ. We are still called to be holy. Don't you dare make that a dirty word. Don't you dare attach legalism or tradition to that word. Purification can only take place when separation is present. To purify simply means to make or to become pure. There must be a removal of sin in every man, woman, boy, or girl's life. I don't care what men have said. They say, well, we have arrived. Listen, uh, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, you have not arrived. You have strayed. Listen, I, I, I'd like to preach everything altogether lovely, but I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, there is some people in the house of God, and I'm not questioning their salvation this morning, but you hear me all across this land and the nations of the world, uh, there are those that's sitting there, uh, they got their attire on, uh, but the problem is uh, their lamp is still flickering, uh, but there is no oil, uh, and listen, uh, we are approaching the midnight hour, uh, and I'm here to tell somebody uh, that that the bridegroom is coming uh, and it's time to get some oil in your lamp. Uh, it's time to be that which God has called you to be uh, because I'm here to tell somebody, uh, religion ain't gonna get you through the pearly gate. Uh, saying a song uh, or saying a testimony ain't all there is, uh, but somebody uh, has gotta step into a place of separation uh, and a place where you are willing to be who God's called you to be. This morning, the clarion call is simply this. Come back to me. Come back to me. And all of the while, we're saying, listening to the flesh, saying, come and feed me and come and do this. And if we're not careful, we're ignoring the call that God is giving. And then we wonder why our sons and daughters are still lost and undone. Listen, there is no power over sin unless you're in his presence. To be pure means to be unmixed with any matter. Means to be free from that which weakens or pollutes. I hate to say it this morning, but I gotta speak truth. The church in America is polluted. And it's not polluted by sinners, it's polluted by saints. Because you all wanna do what you wanna do Monday through Saturday and then you think you can put holiness on for two hours on Sunday. It don't work that way. If you think I'm enjoying this, I'm not, but I trade places with you. Listen, uh, I want you to hear me this morning. Uh, hear the voice of God. We are in a spiritual danger zone in the American church. Yeah. Yeah. Men and women have begun to accept 
defiled doctrines, defiled lifestyles, and now we are even willingly, openly giving the holy place to those with defiled hands and feet and minds. We have people teaching our children. It's living alternate lifestyles and was in the bar last night and they was doing all the things that the world was doing, but then they want to come in and tell your children that Jesus loves. Well, he does love, but he don't love in a contaminated fashion that they've been taught today. Hear me. We've embraced the false teachings of skillful men because it made the flesh comfortable in its sin. Why is it that there's no fingerprints in the back of the chairs today is because the convicting power of the Holy Spirit is no longer welcome in most sanctuaries. Why is people easily offended today is because of the simple fact it's not really an offense, it's simply the convicting power and they just don't want to accept the reality that maybe there needs to be some things changed here. We currently have a generation that is struggling tremendously in their faith because of the simple fact this morning that there is an absence of spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers. I was raised in a day where it wasn't an wasn't uncommon thing for brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so to Say, hey, straighten, straighten up. That's not right. Probably wouldn't be a bad thing to happen today. There is no one to help guide, protect, or even correct this current generation simply because we have defiled our own selves and our own walk. We have compromised the very foundation of our faith. All I can say this morning is God forgive us. I'm not telling you that this Christian walk is something that's hard and difficult and listen, no, 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 this is the best way to live. I have a joy that I can't explain. I have a peace that passes all understanding. I stand here with complete peace knowing some of you don't like what I'm saying right now. That's all right. Because what I'm saying, I'm saying out of love, and I'm telling you this this morning, it's time to get it right. Because you can sit here for five years, 20 years, or 30 years and still go to hell if you choose to disobey the word of God. Hear me this morning. To be defiled simply means to make filthy or corrupt, to violate, to desecrate, or to dishonor. Unfortunately, today there are those that's waving the banner of Christianity, and that's exactly what they're doing. We are dishonoring our Father. I would rather you not represent him so well in here because the church is all that sees you in here. I'd rather you represent much better out there Monday through Saturday because that's when the world's watching. The trumpet of separation must be blown and the trumpet of purity must be sounded. If we are going to be the children of God, please hear me, saints then we're going to have to become set apart and we're going to have to walk in purity. Never forget that purity equals power. Notice it is, it wasn't until in Acts chapter 2 when there was in one mind, one accord, that there was a sound from heaven. Why is that important? wasn't until roughly 10 days in to walking up the steps into that room where they got their minds pure, their hearts pure, everything else was removed, they was focused completely on him. It was then that the sound of heaven came and fell on them. They was completely separated. Please hear me. There's a difference between separation and isolation. They wasn't isolated, but they were separated for the purpose of God, and therefore they took upon them a form that they had never operated in before. Hear me. There are those of you under the sound of my voice this morning, you are gifted, 
you are called. And I'm going to say this, and you ain't going to like this. But just smile at me and know that I love you. You're gifted, and you're called, but you're unusable. Because you refuse to separate The only thing that's keeping us from revival is ourselves. Just pull up a quote from A.W. Tozer about revival. Brother, Phil, I mean, Brother Steve shared it with me just the other day. It is amazing to me how simple we can turn it around if we simply trust in Jesus. You see, we have so many luxuries today in America that it's really been a disadvantage to us. About 60 years ago to 80 years ago, the church was not near as prosperous as it is now. It was a different world. And many of those that made up the church, they really had no luxuries, no extras, but they had Jesus. And they did not have the mindset of this, I want to live as close to the world as I can and still have him. But they had the mindset, I want to get as close to the Lord as I can and as far away from the world as I can. And therefore, they began to walk with power and authority. That's why an African-American man could go into Los Angeles have a little prayer meeting, and all of a sudden the world be turned upside down because he didn't have much, but he had Jesus. And he understood. Doesn't matter what the world thinks of me. What matters is that I stand in good graces with my Father. Can I tell you something? I go to most camp meetings and conferences and meetings. I walk in and I look like I'm going to a fashion show instead of a camp meeting because everybody wants to do this and do that because I want the approval of men I want them to know how good and listen I'm going to tell you something I don't care put your blue jeans on and your t-shirt and come on and let's worship Jesus listen but we have a problem today the mind is telling us we got to be validated can I just be completely transparent and honest with you today? And I don't want to be off color at all this morning, but hear me. We got men that's trying to entice every woman that walks by. We got women trying to entice every man that walks by. Because you think you got to look better than the woman beside you or behind you. The man's got a link. He's got to look more fit than the guy sitting on the other side of the room. Listen, get rid of the competitive garbage. It's all vain. It's all going to take you to hell. You got to get back to a place of purity. The most beautiful individuals that I've ever saw was men and women that was under the power and the glory of God. When you see an eight-year-old or an 80-year-old woman in the presence of God, that's a picture of beauty. Whether you see a 10-year-old boy or a 90-year-old man being blessed by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it's a beautiful thing. Everything else is vanity. You hear me. You hear me this morning. There's a Clarington call that's going out, and it's very clear. It's very shrill. It's very loud. And the Lord is simply saying, I'm calling you back to me. And listen, in him, notice with me, the first thing that the father does when the prodigal comes home, the first thing he did, he turns to the servant after he fell on his neck and kissed him. He said, go get the robe. He wanted to redress him. He wanted to take the world off of him and put his garments on him. Listen, I'm, I'm going to clarify this. I'm not saying that every woman has to have her hair on her head and her dress dragging the ground. I'm not saying that. If that's how you want to dress, more power to you. I'm not saying that. But I'm going to tell you this. There is a balance. There is a thing called morality. We won't have to tell people how to dress 
Monday or Sunday if the heart is right. You hear me. The outward is a display of what the inward man really is. But I will say this, male, female, whatever. The Lord does not call his people to walk in nakedness. But he calls them to walk in holiness. And I don't care what age you are. Because hear me, mommies and daddies. I'm going to take the role of a father for a moment. If you let them do it when they're 5 or they're 10 or they're 20 or 15, they're going to do it when they're 35. Because that's how you train them. That's what you put your stamp of approval on. So don't think they're going to change behavior when they're not so innocent. Listen, we got to understand who's trying to dress our children. I don't see the fashion industry being controlled by a lot of spirit-filled men and women. It's quite the contrary. That's why you got to be real careful, daddies, how you let wives dress your sons. Yeah, I went there. Listen, the word of the Lord says don't be fashionable. Now, you want to look good. Somebody told me I look good. I could tell you all a story that would make you all fall in this floor, and I ain't going there. because. And, And I told Debbie, I said, Debbie, if you tell anybody... That's the only, I got stern with her. I said, if you tell anybody. She said, wait till they, I said, no, listen. We ain't going there. Listen. We need to be put together, okay? We need to take pride in who we are. We need to represent well. I get all that. You all know all that. But hear me, there's a call that's much deeper than that. God's calling us to a place. Where's he calling us to, preacher? He's calling us to become the example. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to be a stumbling block to anybody. But listen, I will allow the world to laugh at me and mock me. I really don't care. But what I don't want to happen is for somebody's children to say, well, he said it was okay. And it's contrary to the word of God. We cannot send two messages at the same time and expect there to be clarity. That's why the church that you see in here on Sunday has got to be the same church that you see out there on Thursday. We got to make sure that our message is clear, that God loves, that God protects, that God does things for us, yes, but also that he sets us apart so that why? So that he can be glorified and magnified. Because can I tell you this? The moment that men and women see us, it's all over. They should never see us. They should see Jesus. This morning, in the year 2020, right now, here you say, has it really that important that we become the example? It is. It is right now 1158 in two hours and two minutes in Cincinnati, Ohio, in Raleigh, North Carolina. There are going to be those that has been offering things to the devil and praying to the devil and they're getting ready to do a major rally and it's called Legion something for the New World Order and they are simply boldly going to the streets of Cincinnati and Raleigh, North Carolina doing a big protest this week while we're all going to sit in here and look pretty and act religious. In two hours, men and women of face children that is going to be downtown Cincinnati, downtown Raleigh, North Carolina, are going to be exposed in the spiritual realm to spiritual wickedness in high places and a release of evil. And if not careful, the church is already dispersed and they're going to assemble again until next Sunday and they're simply going to go sit down and feed themselves fleshly and not even be concerned about it spiritually. God help us. We got to get back to where we're on our knees where we don't visit the altar, but where we tarry at the altar, where we become men and women, that when we walk into a room, things begin to change. Hear me. I'm bringing this to a close. Some of you are saying not soon enough. A life of separation will bring purification. An individual who turns from everything 
and grabs wholeheartedly to the Word of God is an individual that God will promote and will take to high heights and deep depths with Him. If we are truly sons and daughters of God, please hear me this morning. We will walk in righteousness. God is desiring this morning, I wish you could just sense in your spirit what I sense in my spirit today, that God is desiring to equip us to be the church full of power in this present hour. But he can't until we become men and women that are separated. In order for this to take place, we have to step up and become the example for this generation. Hear me. It's real easy for us to see the faults of everybody around us and fail to look in the mirror. Before I ever stepped on this platform, I've self-examined and I've examined things in my life and said, God, if there's anything there, holiness is not something that you put on and take off, but holiness is a life that you live. To be holy means to be a person, place, or thing that's set apart for the service of God and nothing more, nothing less. It's a life of separation and purification that is lived out every day before a generation that clearly teaches this generation the principles of the faith. I have to ask you, what are you teaching your sons and daughters? What do they really know about the faith? This morning... The reward of living a separated life is to live a life that is empowered by the Holy Spirit of God in such a way that no matter what you encounter on this journey called life, you know that the Father is present. So I want to bring you to this this morning and come to the piano today. What am I really saying the Claritin call of 2020 is simply this. This isn't my words. But this is what I feel like I heard the Lord say to me to share to you. It's time to move. What does that mean? I went to Scripture, and this is where God took me. Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. The Lord said, there are those that know me, but they have drawn back, and I have no pleasure in them. It's time to move. In the midst of all of the uncertainty, the church must be found steadfast in its faith right now. I shared with the ladies that was here on Friday evening in Habakkuk chapter 2. I referenced it very quickly. It was in a time of uncertainty. It was a time of lawlessness. It was a time where Habakkuk, the prophet of God, was really struggling with what the Lord had showed him because the Lord showed him that he was going to use a more evil nation to bring judgment to his nation. And the Lord began to give him all of these details, and he said, I want you to write it down. He said, write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it may tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry forever, is what he said. But he said, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Paul had something to say concerning this in Romans chapter 1. Verse 16 and 17. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. But Galatians 3 and 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of the God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. It's time to move. 
to move from complacency, to move from the mindset of simply thinking that I need the, the adoration or the approval of men, I have to move from that. I have to move from being accepted by the world and by the religious leaders of the day. I have to move from all of that and I have to come back to where I live by faith. Listen, I'm standing before you by faith this morning because I know messages such as this, the flesh doesn't like, and we all are fleshly. If you want to thin out the crowd, this is, you, you preach like this, you, you, you won't have a mega church probably. Hear me. But I stand by faith, knowing this, that God does exceedingly abundantly what we could ever ask or think, meaning this, listen, I would rather have, I'd rather have 50 men and women that is radically following Jesus, that is touching and turning the city upside down, than to have 5,000 that just wants to play games and wants to live sinful lives. Hear me. The reason I can stand and speak to you this morning the way that I am is because I do believe you know our heart. We love you and we want what's best for you and your family. And we've, we've taken this journey of life together for a long time. And we can agree to disagree on many things. But one thing we can't disagree on, and that is the foundational principles of Scripture, and that is this, we have to come out from among the world and be separate. We have to be holy. It's not legalism. It's not tradition. Listen, it's about being the church of Jesus Christ that is empowered and equipped to reach a generation. There's somebody's son, somebody's daughter that's on the brink of hell today. The world's not going to save them. The church world's not going to save them. I believe it's okay if I share this. Brother Derek's here today not because of religion. Brother Derek's here today because his mama was in the presence of God by the unction of the Holy Spirit. She was travailing in the presence of God, but by the unction of the Holy Spirit. Remember what we read in 1 John, but you have an unction. The Holy Spirit tells you when to speak. He tells you when to stand. He tells you when to sit. He shows you things that are to come. Listen, we don't have to always be on defense, but it's time for us to move to the offense and begin to proclaim that which God is saying. And God is still saying, my hand is not shortened that it cannot save. He said, there is still healing virtue that's flowing. Uh, there's still a way been made. Listen, we all have fallen. We've all fallen short and made mistakes. Uh, I'm not focusing on your mistake, uh, but I'm focusing on today. Uh, today is the day that we have been given. I don't have a promise of tomorrow. That's why I have to tell you, today. Uh, you got to get it right uh, because today is the day that the world needs to see the church. Uh, today is the day that you need to hear the Holy Spirit tell you when to move. Uh, today is the day that you need to be the catalyst of change uh, in the midst of hate. Uh, let the love of Christ ooze through you. It's time to move. It's time to move from where we was to where God is calling us to. Where is he calling us to? Same place he always has. Come unto me all ye that are heavy laden and I will give you rest. He's still saying this, come to where I am. I believe in scripture it says as I've went and sat in with my father, I'm asking you, you can come and sit in with me. I've opened myself. Listen, can I remind you, as we get ready to stand all over this building, can I remind you that when the world was at its darkest point, get this, don't, don't be so afraid of the darkness that you see. When the world was at its darkest point, you say, when was that? When Jesus was on the cross, and he was saying, it is finished. And the earth began to shake and quake. All of a sudden, 
the veil of the temple was rent from the top to the bottom. In the midst of the darkness, there was access that was granted that had never been given to us before. And because of that access, you and I today can boldly go into the throne room of heaven. And in his presence, anybody remember what it says about his presence? In his presence, there is fullness of joy. I understand why many men and women are doing and behaving the way they are in our culture today. It's because you're wanting to feel validated, you're wanting to feel loved, you're wanting to feel complete. None of those things that you're doing in the natural is ever going to bring that. The only place you'll ever truly find real joy and real peace, you hear this pastor this morning, is when you step into his presence. But where he's calling you to, Man, I feel this. Listen, he's not calling us to a list of do's and don'ts. Don't, don't get caught up in that. Don't you dare let the enemy put your mind there. Where he's calling you to is a, is a banqueting hall. How many, anybody ever been to a banquet? Anybody ever left that banquet hungry? If it was catered right? Never have. Why? It's because there's more than enough. I want to remind you. Everybody said, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Just cancel. He said, no, we're going to have the feast. We're going to have the celebration. Go to the highways and byways. Tell them to come in. What did he do? He provided a changing room for them. He said, listen, what I have for you is more than enough in there. It's beautifully prepared. But I'm going to ask you to put on the garment. He provides the garment. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to purchase it. But listen, do you remember the story in your Bible where he walked in and somebody was sitting there and he said, how did you get in here? You, don't, you didn't put on the garment. It was somebody that sat in rebellion and you know what happened to them? They was removed. We're in a place right now where God is getting ready to do some removing. Because, not because he does it because he wants to, but because men and women are choosing to walk in rebellion. You can go against what I say, that's fine. There's not much consequences to it, honestly, in the scope of life. But when you start going against what God says for your life, it becomes very dangerous. All you got to do is change garments this morning. You don't have to go back. Listen, we don't have to dress like pioneer men and women. Everybody say, praise the Lord. You don't have to do that. But you got to walk with morality got to walk with purity got to live separated the sounds coming from your house cannot mimic the sounds that's coming from the house of the world where your feet go cannot mimic the same thing where the world goes listen I'm not trying to run your life I, listen it's hard enough running mine but I'm trying to help us this morning because this is what I see in the spirit for this ministry and ministries all across this nation. As I sense in my spirit, I feel like God has showed me, Sister Vonda, that there's just on the other side, I, I, I see a room that has big wood doors, similar to those doors back there, but much larger. And much on the other side was this big, massive banqueting hall that is just arrayed with beauty and with just just the most beautiful foods and the most beautiful attires and things that you can see. The Lord showed me that. And I said, I'm just telling my church, they, I'm just asking them to change garments. And I'm going to open up the doors because the time of the banquet is near. And I believe we're getting ready to step into a place of bliss. Listen, i got to remind you, he is coming back for a glorious church. This world's going to shake. This world's going to grow dark. I could tell you much that God put in my spirit last night concerning this political stage that we find ourselves in in this nation. And I'm going to tell you, the church better pray. This nation, we have got some dark days ahead of us. I don't say that to scare you, but I'm going to tell you something. The most elite and most powerful people are getting ready to shake in their shoes because of what's getting ready to happen. But there is a remnant of God's people that's getting ready to emerge. And we're transitioning from the norm. 
How many know, I don't know about your life, but in my life, the norm is hot dogs and hamburgers, okay? The norm is not T-bone steak, but we do those sometimes, or New York strip. That's not the norm. That's not the daily thing, okay? But we're, we're, we're transitioning from the norm, and we're going into the place where there's something very unique and special getting ready to be served. But you can't go there. Can I say it this way and not, not be offended? You can't go there dressed like you're dressed. I'm not talking about just in the natural. I'm talking about in the spirit. The spiritual man's got to be dressed right. Those of you that's joining us on social media, do whatever you want to with me this morning. I don't, I don't care. And I love you. And I appreciate you. And God loves you. God is desiring God is desiring to move into your life. No matter if you're part of this house or whatever house of worship you're affiliated with today, you hear me, God is doing something. We have our pastor with us this morning from Pennsylvania. God's got great things. I love your son and his wife and their children. I'm so thankful that you're with us today. But I do feel like I'm drawn to tell you in the spirit that don't be weary. I know that you're under great restrictions there right now, but don't be weary. God's getting ready to do something new because of your faithfulness. You've stood fast. God's getting ready to do something new and fresh in in your ministry and ministries all around as we stand all over the house this morning right now. I know I went a little lengthy this morning, but I'm not going to apologize for it because I'm not sorry. Okay? But I, I had to deliver myself. I love you. I love you enough to tell you the truth that God is desiring to do something in your life. I'm not focused on the glory days of yesterday. Some of you have moved under the unction of the Holy Spirit in days gone by. You have moved. You've experienced the presence of God. That's wonderful. But what about right now? Why aren't you moving now? Why aren't you experiencing it now? Why are you not in that realm now? Because today is when it matters. Here's what I'm going to do as they minister in song. I'm going to call us to an old-fashioned altar this morning. You can stand. You can kneel. You can pray at your seat. However you feel. If the Lord leads me, I'll pray with some of you. If you have special prayer, I'd love to pray with you. But right now, will you decide to follow Jesus? Not 50%, 75%, not 99%. But 100% will you just surrender and say, God, if there's something in my life that needs to be changed, change me. Listen, some of you are transitioning from the young adults to middle age and in middle age and beyond. Listen, we need you to be spiritual mothers and fathers. But you got to do that by the unction and leading of the Holy Spirit. So won't you come right now? Let's pray. Can we pray together this morning? God bless you today.